to give res show respect to the audience and respect your own business. It was a way to protect it. Ladies and gentlemen, heels and faces, casual wrestling fans, and all you smart marks, I am Kayfabe AJ, and this is Kayfabe Avenue, bringing to you the Raw Wrap-Up. Now, usually I give you the Raw Wrap-Up maybe 5 to 10 minutes after the show has aired, but a brother was tired last night, so here we are. We're a few hours um, re removed from Monday Night Raw. And honestly, I feel like Raw in particular has been on a, a uptake. You know, they've been on the slow climb up that mountain. And, you know, they're starting to reach a peak. I feel like Raw overall has just been really really good and you know trying new things firing all cylinders maintaining storylines you know dabbling into pat the past for long-term booking and just overall the wwe product i feel like has gotten better um ironically before we always used to say nxt was the better brand and they were doing the better things and i feel like now they're actually being treated like the miners they do have a few storylines that are going on over there that are pretty decent but I feel like Raw and SmackDown have, in the, especially in the past couple of weeks, have kind of showed why they're the main roster, why they're considered the A, you know, the A and B shows of the company. Um, but let's get right into it. So this episode opens up with a good video package highlighting, you know, Orton's various feuds, McIntyre, Miz, The Fiend, everything going on with, with him and... Pretty much we open up and the first segment of the show is Miz TV and obviously Miz coming down with that briefcase, you know, sh showcasing it so much. The The majority of, of this segment was about Miz's frustration on trying to cash in the Money in the Bank briefcase, his corporate maneuvering and him being the face of USA. He's plugging his show, which would give a bonus episode later on after raw finished and then the actual premiere sometime this week so you know pretty much showing how he is the face of usa and possibly the face of monday night raw but he was supposed to interview the new day but instead we get randy orton and god on a truth if you've been following the podcast recently every time i mention randy orton i talk about his amazing uh, promo work and just the great storylines he's been involved in and tonight was just another testament of that the promo game is just untouchable right now you know his delivery and his cadence of his promos you know make it everything it was kind of reminiscent of like jake the snake how he gives those low grumbling promos but randy knows how to you know harp on certain words and raise his voice and the volume of of what he's saying and just give it that much more impact in his promo. So great promo work. And it was, he was shooting from the hip. He was definitely shooting from the hip. He tells Miz, I remember when you got kicked out of the locker room and I never wanted you back. 
I never wanted you a part of the uh, of the roster. And John Morrison, don't let me even get started on you. Those few words for John Morrison said enough. It's like I love John Morrison, but it's it's due time for him to do his own thing. And this was just a testament to that. You're the Miz's, you know, sidekick right now. Although they did make mention that you know to kind of calm Randy Orton down and and get gain some trust at, at least a little bit for Randy Orton, which you know is not gonna happen. Um, they said that their intention was to get the new day interviewed and you know if they win a Survivor Series, leverage for a Raw Tag Team Title shot. Now, I I it's funny because before he even said that, I literally. Um, was like, you know what? It'd be cool if he kind of like replicated his original run. He got the money in the bank briefcase. He's in a tag team. So if he gets the tag team title, so him to say that it's, it was kind of wicked. Um, hearing like my thoughts pretty much reciprocated on TV. Um, literally moments after I, I just birthed the thought. So that, that was pretty cool. But I think John Morrison at this point needs to do his own thing. And if you, like I said, if you've been following the podcast, I've been commenting on these views for a while. And I feel like John Morrison and Miz, their their storyline is going to culminate on the on the back of whether Miz succeeds or fails in cashing in the money bank. So, you know, or hitting him with that zinger is like, yeah, John Morrison really needs to start doing more of his own thing. And, um, Focusing on his career as a solo star, especially if Miz does gain the Money in the Bank briefcase. You know, I don't want to see a champion that's stretched thin or, you know, put across too many divisions. There's more than enough men to take over the tag team division. We don't need someone who's in a world title picture or world title storyline to also be taking uh, time away from others in a tag team division. So... I I definitely want to see these guys split. They don't even have to split in a way that they become enemies. Because in real life, we know they're friends. It could just be, hey, you're focused on that. I'm going to refocus my energy. They don't even have to split 100%. I just don't want John Morrison to seem like just the lackey. He has way too much talent for that. And it's like, are we really just going to rehash uh, 2011 John Morrison? Give this guy a shot. Give this guy a chance to move up. Nonetheless, them mentioning New Day prompts the New Day to come out. And Drew McIntyre coming out. They all end up kind of brawling for a few. What I did love about this segment, it made me really solidify my mind that Randy Orton is the king of the cutter. The RKO move. He's the king of it. I, You know, arguably back then in the 90s, you could say DDP probably um you know could vouch for that that title of the king of the cutter but nah randy orton it well miz and morrison are holding drew mcintyre randy orton is like shoving the title in his face and it, it looks like he's gonna run and hit him with hit, hit him with the title in his face in that one second before he's about to smash his head in he gives him an rko it was the one of the fastest rkos i've seen in a long time like Orton is truly the master of the the cutter. So that ends with pretty much the New Day dying at the ringside. We didn't see any. Once they got thrown out the ring, they kind of disappeared. Even Drew McIntyre defenseless. And we have the champ walking back with uh, Miz and Morrison. But, you know, in an untrusting 
typical Randy Orton fashion. So we'll see more of that when they have the three-on-three six-man tag team match later on in the night. So uh, throughout the show, we've got a couple final farewell uh, build-ups for The Undertaker. Undertaker is going to be at Survivor Series and pretty much say his goodbyes to the WWE Universe. For some reason, I just still can't believe that he's actually going to go. I'm still half expecting him to swerve us or have a match or, you know, something to keep taking there. It's, it's, it's like we saw that whole Last Ride documentary. Wasn't that the proper farewell? Like, how many farewells do we need? Don't drag this out like the Kurt Angle farewell, farewell tour, you know, like. Taker, Taker's been celebrated enough. I don't... You know, it makes sense because he debuted a Survivor Series. So, you know, Vince wants that book-ended, you know, story thread that, you know, he ended his career at Survivor Series. So, I, I get that. But something tells me Undertaker's not done. So, next up, we got the Survivor Series qualifying match. It's the second chance triple threat. So, these guys have another chance to um, qualify. Jeff Hardy versus Riddle, one name Riddle. He's no longer Matt. So Jeff Hardy versus Riddle versus Elias. Um, overall, pretty great match. I kind of predicted when they said that that match was gonna happen that Riddle would be the one. I figured that um Elias and Jeff Hardy would kind of distract each other or their their feud would get in the way of um you know them capitalizing and and Riddle ends up capitalizing over both of them, but. Actually, it was just a, a pretty solid, straight-up match. Really, you know, really good stuff. I'd give it about a 7.5 with Matt Riddle coming out strong at the end and gaining his uh, last Team Raw membership for Survivor Series. So, pretty good match. Got your way to see it. Then, now that the Raw team is complete, um, Riddle joins Braun Strowman, Sheamus, AJ Styles, and Keith Lee on that on that team. So... Backstage, we have Charlie Caruso with the self-proclaimed team captain of Raw, AJ Styles. And Charlie asks AJ's opinion on Riddle. AJ starts to talk when Sheamus walks up and starts yelling about Jeff Hardy. He calls Jeff an obnoxious punk and says he's no longer kicking Hardy's head off his shoulders. Um, he's you know, he has excuse me he has no problem kicking Hardy's head off his shoulders if he has to. AJ tells Sheamus that they need to round everyone up and have a team meeting. Charlie And then Charlie points out that AJ is the team captain and asks Sheamus what he thinks of AJ as a captain. And Sheamus says, AJ is not my captain. Then there's that Braun who walks up and also says, AJ is not my captain. And then we go to a commercial break. So that's kind of the running thread for the past couple weeks that AJ Styles is self-proclaimed team captain of Raw. Meanwhile, he's the smallest guy on the team. Everyone is a legitimate monster. So it's just hilarious that AJ is really trying to vouch for that spot. But in reality, he is the team captain um, for the way he's been handling this. So backstage, we get a promo from Retribution. Mustafa Ali and the rest of Retribution is there. And Ali applauds Ricochet or Rakakit, as the champion calls him. Um... Ali applauds Rakakit for turning down the Hurt Business offer to join them and tells Rakakit that he's brave and courageous, yet stupid. He says that maybe someday Rakakit will be broken and accepted by them. 
Reckoning, which is Mia Yim, speaks for a moment before Ali does, and then um, Slapjack, T-Bar, Mace, Reckoning, Ali, they the they're the Forgotten Sons, and they are retribution. They will not rest until they shut us down. Hilarious that they use the term Forgotten Sons because we actually have a group called the Forgotten Sons, and ever since um, the leader's racist remarks on Twitter, we have truly forgotten the Forgotten Sons. So, um, uh, I mean, decent promo. I'm, I've been one who was defending Retribution heavy, and I did like the long-term storyline booking of it. It's just the packaging and, you know, so far the way they've been booked. You know, the losses recently didn't help Retribution, and it feels like they're kind of flailing to be a legitimate force on the brand and you know it just doesn't make sense that you're struggling to find a place for this group all you have to do is let them be them um have a unified front they don't have to be covered looking like bane and have these stupid code names you know you got me a yim pretty much being a cheerleader she's not really doing much you know have her attack the women have this you know we know who these people are drop the fucking names drop the fucking mask and let's let's get these guys booked correctly, you know. Uh, T Bar, which is Dominic Dejakovic, tapping to the hurt lock from Bobby Lashley, then Slapjack on the pay per view losing to Lashley, it, it's just, um it's just too much. Like these guys are supposed to be legit. They have some of the best reasoning for even being together. Their storylines are long term storylines, so all we need is just for them to win and look good winning. <clears throat> so, backstage, we're uh, we have the hurt business and um, Drew Gulak. So, Gulak is there suited up, you know, showing showing off his, his style and pretty much making a, a a play to try to join the hurt business. And honestly, I was all for it, but um, you know, Lashley wasn't approving. The CEO of the hurt business wasn't approving of it, so MVP let him down. And then Lashley tries to get tough with him and like tries to pull him by his tie to find out it's a clip-on tie. And Drew Gulak had probably the best reasoning for wearing a clip-on tie. Dude, I'm the 24-7 champion. It's tactical. <laughs> and it really is. So I, I enjoyed that. But they end up attacking Drew Gulak. And then Truth walks up yelling for a ref and pins him. So now he's a 43-time um, 24-7 champion. Next up, we have Lana versus Shayna Baszler. And I was like, okay, this match needs to be three seconds, uh, four seconds. Uh, grab into the lock, tap out. I don't like. I don't see how they're making Lana look good. You're giving her, you know, playtime or whatever the case may be, but she looks horrible. And if we're supposed to start believing in this woman at any point, you're not giving us a, a good substance or a good you know, example of why we should get behind her. Not only that, you got Shayna Baszler, who's fucking dominant as hell. You got Nia Jax, who, you know, I usually give her the most flack, but I am impressed. Seven to eight tables, eight tables including tonight, and you haven't injured Lana yet. Hats off to the injurer Nia Jax. She's uh, finally, you know, getting her practice on with Lana and, you know, seemingly protecting these women when she's supposed to be hurting them. So um, hats off to Nia Jax on that improvement. 
And um, so basically, it's, it's 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 quick, but it went about two three minutes too long. She has a tapping to the to the uh, Kurafuda clutch by Shayna Baszler. Then you know after that, we have Jax start taking apart the table, but we have Mandy Rose and Dana Brooke the entire match at ringside um, commentary. So they came to her defense and prevented the. 8-0 and o streak of tables from happening. More of that later. But uh, we end up going backstage after commercial. And Lana thanks Mandy Rose and Dana Brooke for coming to her rescue. And Rose explains that they weren't really helping her. Just stopping Baszler and Jax. You know, last week Lana cost them the tag team titles for interfering in the match. And Lana claims she was just trying to help. They tell her not to try to help and walk off. So... Yeah, I really just want to see this Lana situation end already. It's it's funny as far as the tables. I've been enjoying the table breaking segments. It's you know a petty. See, it seems like a petty blow to Miro for joining AEW, um, aka Rusev, Lana's husband in real life. So, seems like that's the catalyst for Lana being put through a table every week. But hey, to each their own. That's the only part I've actually been enjoying. So, we get the team meeting next. AJ Styles comes down to the ring with Jordan Omegbehin. Hopefully, I'm pronouncing that right by now. And um, we see clips from last week <coughs> where, excuse me, Team Raw kind of imploded against each other. Uh, Sheamus Keefley and Braun Strowman and AJ Styles all fighting. And then, you know, self-proclaimed team captain welcomes us to the first official team <laughs> Raw meeting. Claims that Roby triumph over SmackDown with AJ as the captain. And he says, with my leadership, we'll be a force to be reckoned with. And with that being said, let me introduce you to the champs. Uh, starting with a man whose power is only outdone by his intellect, Keith Lee. Keith Lee comes out. Then AJ brings out Riddle. Then he brings out Sheamus. And finally, uh, the monster Braun Strowman. So... AJ urges all of them to hold on so he can speak. And admits the last week got off to Rocky start. But now he knows why they were missing a, a piece to the puzzle. And everyone knows when you're missing a piece, you get ticked off. And that's what happened. He claims that with the missing piece, Riddle being back, he sees a masterpiece. Keefley interrupts Mr. AJ and only AJ. He's not the captain. And remembers Styles hitting him last week. Sheamus gets on the mic, calls Lee a hypocrite because Lee hit Sheamus. And Lee is glad Sheamus remembers just in case he wants to cross Lee again. Sheamus yells about a threat until Braun gets on the mic and says, I'll whip both your asses, starting with you, Sheamus. AJ tries to defuse. Brian insults AJ. Braun and Sheamus exchange uh, words, and then they push up on Styles. You know, AJ Styles gets in the middle of them. And um, Riddle says that he knows what they need to chill Chill out. Sick code names. He calls Styles the Skipper. Sheamus, Fireface. And gives the other cheesy names. Sheamus takes offense to the ginger joke. But Riddle corrects him. And it's not because he's a ginger. It's because when you get mad, your face gets really red. They all start laughing and Sheamus actually starts getting red. AJ tries to get everyone back on a serious note. Tells him that Sheamus that Jey Uso's tearing it up on SmackDown. Tells Keith that Seth is aching to curb stomp him. He asks Riddle why he's laughing and if he wants to stun him from KO. Then warns Braun if he doesn't back down now, he'll bow down to King Corbin. 
he asked them if that's what they want or do they want to work to be the best to be the best they could be or whatever. They all agree and claims to be team captain again. They'll all interrupt him. He tells them he tells that they knew it was gonna happen, so he spoke to Adam Pierce, which is the fucking makeshift GM. Still don't know why Adam Pierce is all of a sudden all over WWE TV with being on Raw and SmackDown as the official. Just give us the fucking GMs. We know that's what you're what you're aiming at. Um, so pretty much says he raised a plan B with Adam Pierce and that is going to be Sheamus and Braun versus Riddle and Keith Lee with AJ Styles being the guest ref. They're all angry and they're like, what is this going to solve? AJ says it's going to solve respect. <laughs> so we got the tag team match, which was pretty decent. I'll give it a round of seven with Keith Lee and Riddle uh, emerging victorious. So a, a lot of AJ Styles playing the the funny in between, you know, ref, you know, being the impartial supposed impartial referee of the situation. So pretty funny stuff, good match overall. I'll give it like a 7. Um we move from that and we have Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross. So Alexa sitting on top of equipment case, pulling petals off of roses and flowers and Nikki wants to check in on her. Alexa tells Nikki she's not seen her and forever, Cross reminds Bliss that they just saw each other last week. But Bliss says she doesn't remember and acts crazy. Cross apologizes for not being there when Bliss needed her and reminds Bliss that the Fiend is pure evil. Cross tells Bliss she needs to choose her friendship with Cross or the Fiend. Alessa asks, okay, I choose. Then blows a handful of petals into Cross' face before exclaiming him and runs off. So fuck that friendship. It's over. Next up, we got Bobby Lashley in the ring, and he comes out in his ring gear wearing the U.S. title, escorted by MVP. And honestly, I did like this little segment. So he was pretty much just saying, yeah, Sami Zayn, who he's going to fight on SmackDown. You didn't mention me last week. That's right, because, you know, I'm going to dominate you and win a Survivor Series. But I like this because this was another example of WWE not forgetting the little threads that they put a few weeks back. Titus O'Neil comes out and he's, you know, in pants shirt off. He's pissed off about, you know, him trying to join the Hurt Business a few weeks back. The Hurt Business ends up attacking him. And pretty much I thought just like typical WWE fashion that they would just forget they even did that. It was just to build up the asshole tendencies of the Hurt Business. But no, Titus O'Neil comes back out, demands a match for the United States Championship and Lashley gives it to him. But the one thing I didn't like it, it was too fast. Titus ends again put in the hurt lock and taps out fairly quickly after a few minutes of the match. And although I did like them pulling back on old storyline threads, you got to give people like Titus O'Neil a real shot at looking decent. We'll, he'll never be more than just a ambassador for WWE. Um, he'll never be more in the ring. I don't know if Titus has been injured in the past and that's why he's, you know, took in more a backseat role. And he didn't try to elevate him. But, you know, Titus is a good businessman. And he does a lot of work for the Make-A-Wish Foundation. And he's a you know great ambassador for WWE. But you discredit his in-ring work. And you discredit how big of a guy he is and an athlete he is by having Bobby Lashley, you know, take him out so quick. Uh, nonetheless, Bobby Lashley still United States champion. And, you know, th- I understand that this was to assert dominance and show... You know, Sami Zayn over on SmackDown that he's going to have his work cut out for him facing the United States champion. So I get it, but 
just poor, poor Titus. Uh, but before we move on, let's take a quick break and uh, hear from our sponsors, you know, the people who support KFAVAV and keep this train going. So we'll be back right after these messages. And we're back. So we left off with Poe, Poe, Titus O'Neill taking a loss from uh, Bobby Lashley. But nonetheless, hats off to WWE for the long-term storylines and actually letting threads come back into play. <coughs> Next up, we have backstage uh, segment with Drew McIntyre and Sheamus. And, you know, Sheamus doing more of the heel tactic uh, responses and... Drew being the face and, you know, trying to get Sheamus to line up. I definitely see this becoming a feud down the line. Uh, Sheamus getting tired of the goody-goody McIntyre and trying to get him to go to, you know, the back of the days. And McIntyre, he knows that they used to tear up the bars and tear up the roster, which I don't really remember them two really pairing, but, uh, you know, WWE creates their own history, so it is what it is, but... Pretty much, I just see this as a catalyst for them to have a feud after Survivor Series when the focus is more on individual brands and not brand supremacy. So, next up, we got Asuka versus the injurer, Nia Jax. Well, you know what? She's not the injurer no more. 7-0, seven tables broken, no no uh, female injuries. Gotta give her some credit. So, um, pretty much, it's a... Typical match between the two. Um, Nia Jax, like I said, has actually been looking better recently, and I got to give her credit. But, you know, Asuka's the dominant women's champion, and it's just more of the same as far as Asuka goes. And um, Asuka pulls off the win and uh, does it by um, putting Nia Jax in the Asuka lock. But after that, we get Mandy Rose and Dana Brooke hit in the ring to brawl with Baszler and Jax, the tag team champions. Um, kind of restrain Rose and, and Dana Brooke. Jax heads out to the ring, clears the announcer table. Shana, uh, Shana pounds on Lana before sending her back to the outside. Jax yells at Lana, picks her up, hits the Samoan job, and the streak is alive. We got the 8 and 0. So, like I said, um, Nia Jax, impressive. Eight tables destroyed. Lana put through them eight times, and Lana is still kicking. So, uh, kudos to Nia Jax and also kudos to Lana for taking those uh, spots. So, she uh, grabs the mic and tells her, you don't belong here. You'll just drag us down. Just quit. Hopefully, she does fucking quit because she's not a legitimate contender. I see her as a quick loss or she's going to end up screwing the women's uh, team raw. So, that's like the only two outcomes. She's either a quick elimination or she screws the team. So we get um, an interview with R-Truth backstage. And um, she tells R-Truth that he has a seven-man matchup next to defend his title. He tells her he doesn't know why she's worried because he's the 24-7 champion. She has to explain that he's one of the seven people competing for the title. And he holds up the clip on tie and tells her, you can't hit a man with a clip on tie. <laughs> he asks her if he has time to run off and get glasses. Then his music plays and he heads out to the ring. So... Uh, I'm not sure what show I was speaking about this. I think it was last week's Raw wrap-up. I kind of was complaining about the 24-7 championship and it felt like they should lean more into the hardcore title um, 
you know, situation with that title and get back to these gimmicky matches. And I don't know if WWE officials or someone in the 45 to 55 crowd is listening and reporting back to WWE, but that's exactly what happened this week. We That seven-man matchup, it was funny. It was, you know, something different, not just people chasing around the arena and, you know, stupid promos. No, this was an actual match. Um, it still had the comedic aspect, but we had multiple, multiple uh, champions in this. It became an all-out, uh, you know, brawl, and we ended up getting Tazawa as champ, Gulak as champ, Eric as champ, Tucker as champ, Gulak as champ again, Tucker as champ, R-Truth again, Eric, Grand Metalik, Lince Dorado, then back to our truth So, this is, I mean, we need more of that. If you're going to keep this title on the show, you're going to keep this as something that showcase week in and week out, then do creative things like this. I actually really did appreciate this, this um, the way they handled the 24-7 championship this week. So, next up, we have Mustafa Ali versus Rakakit, with Mustafa Ali pulling off the win by submission. So, um... This was a good match. I'll give it an eight. You know, these two guys can really go. But um, like I said, Retribution needs to get more dominant. They need to be booked better. And hopefully, you know, they are booked better. I, I don't I don't think attacking the top of the card or attacking people like the Hurt Business and having feuds with them to then go back and have a feud with just one man in Ricochet makes much sense. Uh, for a group as a whole, but that's what's happening. Hopefully, you know, we get better situations. So, uh, next up, we backstage with Adam Pierce and Randy Orton, and Pierce is confirming the decision to include Orton in the six man tag team match. And um, Pierce tells Orton that he will defend the WWE title against McIntyre next Monday on Raw. Orton snaps, tells Pierce that, uh, and, um, Snaps and Pierce tells him, I'm just a messenger. Orin threatens to use Pierce as a message to the staff before walking off. So we get the six man tag team main event matchup. Uh, next is Drew McIntyre, the New Day versus Randy Orton and The Miz and, Mor- and, and Morrison. So, um, stemming from his interaction with Adam Pierce, Orin continues his walk, <laughs> angry ass walk to the ring, raising the title above. As the announcers promote this huge match for next week on Raw. And uh, The Miz and Morrison come out next to join him. Then The New Day, who mock Orton for being afraid to lose his title. And followed by Drew McIntyre. So that's uh, pretty much how the match starts. Um, pretty pretty long uh, match. Decent. I'll give this one a 7.5. Uh, leaning towards an 8. Um, to cap off um, how it ended. Pretty much, we have Morrison um, distracting and using the ropes to pin McIntyre, but New Day ends up hitting the ring to save the day. McIntyre hits the Glasgow kiss on Morrison as the New Day exit the ring after a fallen Miz. McIntyre posts up in the corner, does his one, two, three um, with the digital crowd, um, speeds off of, uh, at one. McIntyre hits a Claymore kick on Morrison and covers him picking up the win. So obviously Morrison being the scapegoat to make, you know, to not make Miz look bad and um the champion Orin as well. So 
I do not like this this position for Morrison. Like I said, we need more from Morrison. But um, the winners, New Day and Drew Mack. After the match, Drew tossed Randy and um, is smiling as they, you know, close the show. So a, a, a lot of threads, a lot of threads being pulled. Um, what I'm seeing on the boards, a lot of people are complaining about you know, the build to Survivor Series isn't enough or they hate when Survivor Series comes around and it takes the the attention away from the storylines on Raw or SmackDown. And to those people, what shows are you watching? Raw has been great in keeping their Hurt Business storylines. Uh, Retribution, whether we like it or not, their storyline has been continuing. The, the added element of Miz being the briefcase winner, Orton's still dealing with McIntyre, um... We have so many storyline threads on Raw. So many storyline threads happening on SmackDown. And then they are building Survivor Series correctly. The, you know, the challengers are pretty much throwing shots across across brands with promo segments. You know, what I think people complaining about, we didn't, haven't had the war aspect, the invasion aspect of this situation. But I think people need to really stop and uh, stop their complaints and really see what the product is is doing. We're still maintaining all the storylines that we've had going on. All those are still pushing forward and still building up to to Survivor Series. We're still a couple weeks away from Survivor Series, so we still have time for those invasion angles if that's what they want want to do at the end of the day. So I would say people just let them cook steak. Roman, like that's the best quote Roman's had all year. You guys, you guys, um, don't let long term story book line booking happen. When they try to give it to you, you guys complain. Let them cook the steak. Let them cook that filet mignon. With that being said, I can do this all day, and you can find me at personally at kfabe underscore aj on Instagram, and collectively you can find us at kfabe avenue. On YouTube to see the visual versions of some of these podcasts. You can find us wherever uh, podcasts are provided. Anchor, Apple, Spotify, among uh, the major platforms you can find us at. So find us on Facebook. Join the group. Join the conversation. Like, share, subscribe. Post your pictures. Give us your hate mail. Send that to e.a. Um, Join Kfabe Avenue on Twitter. And if you love the podcast, you want to... Help us keep this train moving. Click on that Anchor support link. And if you're listening through Apple Podcasts, click on that support link. Subscribe to Kayfabe Avenue. Donate what you feel is uh, warranted. And help us keep the creativity flowing. Help us churn out more episodes. I can do this all day. This has been Kayfabe AJ. This has been Kayfabe Avenue. And this was the Raw Wrap-Up. Austin, take us home. And that's the bottom line. Why? Because those stone cold said so. Thank you very much, you son of a bitch.